0: Thank you so much for coming to check out Lighthouse 805 podcast as we start our Advent series. Enjoy. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? It's the Christmas season. It's good. Thanksgiving got pushed a little bit later in the year, but it's okay. It's just more jam-packed holidayness. I love it. I was, uh, before we even get started in Advent, I, I want to share a story, um, but I, I need you guys to absolutely not spoil this at all, okay? Because I'm going to share a story about our family, and you can't say anything b- until after Christmas, all right? Is that a deal? Oh, I know, but it's, it's, a, story about, it's a story about London, and you can't share the story outside of service because it's going to spoil it. Can, can you guys, can you can we promise me? Can you, my, my wife will slap you. I guarantee and promise you she will full-on open hand face slap. <laughs> <We are laughs> is that a that, it's recording. Yeah, this is podcast. Ooh. Podcast listeners, thank you for joining us today as we talk about slapping people during the Christmas season. So don't, share the don't, share, don't share the podcast with London. Uh, so, so we're at the, the Disney Christmas store oh. and yeah, <laughs> Patty knows right away. And we're at the the Disney store, and London has wanted this this stuffed toy for like, she would say forever. Okay, it's been months, uh, maybe a whole, almost a year now. She's been asking for this one, and we're like, no, no, absolutely not. You know, we're, no, we're not going to get it for you. Sorry. You know, you just deal with rejection. I'm sorry, London. You need to learn this now. <laughs> and, and so we're we're sharing with London this, and then. She last night we're all hanging out at the Dis, the Disney Store at the outlets because the mall one closed, you know. So it's like an extra drive now. And so London brings up the toy. She's like, Isn't it so adorable? Isn't it so cute? And she's like, almost like wants to cry and trying to convince us like this last stitch effort. Like I have the grandparents here. I have both parents here. Like someone will buy this toy for me right now. And Patty's like, No, you go put it back. I want it. (laughs) Like she has this emotional attachment with like this toy, and she puts it back. And then Patty, Patty says this thing where it just hit me. She says, "Man, I've had that toy for so long, and it's breaking my heart that I can't give it to her yet because it's not the right timing." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's Advent." That is the epitome of that. God has had this cherished treasure holding on to for so long that we've been craving and desiring, and he's like, it's not time yet. And I think that's one of the the hardest things about hope is we wait and we wait and we wait, and we're just holding on to this hope that maybe might come someday. And it's like, God, I need this. And he's like, I know you do. And you know how hard it is for me to wait right now because it's not your timing yet? And I think that's one of the hardest things that we go through with hope. And I want to dive into this, this micro-sermon series, if you will. It's just through the month of December. But it's, it's Advent. We're looking at moments people had encounters with Jesus. In the first week, we're talking about Jesus in the form of hope. And it's, it's one of those uniquely small encounters in the Bible that's really easy just to glance over and kind of miss. But I love it. Luke chapter 2, verse 25 through 28 says this, And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him in his arms and blessed him. It's, it's interesting, because it's, it's not that Jesus is this full-grown man. He's not the savior of the universe right now. He's just this child. And Simon shows up, led by the Holy Spirit, and is just blown away in this moment. I think, I, I think it's really interesting, because Jesus in this moment, cannot fulfill any of the hope and prayers that everyone had been asking for. He's a child. He, he's not going to be hung up on a crucifix. He's not going to die and raise rise again right now. It's not the timing, but it's this glimpse that he gets, this glimpse of Jesus, and he's overwhelmed in his heart. I think there's these moments when when we have, we've been hoping for something, there's these situations, these frustrations, things we just go through in life that we're just waiting to get through. And we're like, God, deal with this now. And then God gives us a tiny glimpse and we're like, (laughs) okay, great. That's not what I asked for. What's next, God? And it's these moments that God shows up in these tiny forms just to say, it's coming, but you need to be patient. Keep on hoping. So number one, with us being in the, in the shoes of Simon, I want to talk about faith goals for a moment. Faith goals. A, righteous. Says there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon, and this man was righteous. Righteous. Righteous in this context, in this, in this uh, setting, that word literally just means he knew the word of God. He knew promises of God. That's it. That's what righteous meant in this context. I know the promises that God has given me, and God sees that. Can you imagine that's, what, that's what's making someone righteous is knowing the word of God. That's, that's the checkbox here. He knew what God had promised him. And I think that's interesting. What would, what would our, our day-to-day lives be like if we knew what God promised us. Some of us say, man, I'm hoping for this, I'm hoping for that. Have you opened the word of God and seen his promises firsthand or going by podcasts? It, It needs to kick over into this genuine relationship and that's what set Simon apart. It was really interesting because Simon was in the mecca of religion at that time. He was in the center of it all. All the religious organizations were right there. with all the rules and regulations, the do's and do nots. And he was seen as righteous because he was the one that knew what the word of God said. And a lot of the other religious leaders didn't. Do you know that? That's kind of weird to think about. All the other guys that made it to the top made it because they wanted power and money and land and all the other accolades that come with it. And Simon just wanted to know what the promises of God were. And God said, this man's righteous because he's not in it for anything else but for my promises of what I've said. And then B, devout. Going back to the verse, and there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon and this man was righteous and devout. See, as faith goals, one thing that we have to look at is it's not just good enough to be righteous. It's not just good enough to know what God has said But devout is saying, I know what he says, and I'm going to act on it. The the weird thing about this is Simon, in this context and in this city and this time frame, he knew what the word of God was. He knew the promises, but then he lived his life by it. And it put him as a minority. And people are like, oh, you don't belong here because you're not doing our traditions. And he's like, what? I'm doing what the word of God says for me to do. Yeah, but that's, that's wrong. Um, what? It's a whole bunch of weirdness. And they started making up all these weird traditions and obligations just so people could fit into their own groups of religion. It's like, well, my hat has to be this fluffy. No, there, there's weirdness going on. And Simon's like, I hear what the promises of God are and I'm gonna live on that. And, and I'm not gonna be detoured and, and try to change anything else. And God's looking at him and says, man, this guy knows my promises and he's living by it and he doesn't let anyone else detour him from it. And the last one is looking for the consolation of Israel. I feel like I could just preach the whole message on just this because it it really shows Simon's heart. Simon is expecting and hopeful that Israel will have the soon-and-coming king show up. It goes in and says, he has his heart for his people, and he says, God, I'm going to wait, and I believe that you're going to show up and do something for my people. We're hurting, we're crying out, and his heart is for his people, not himself it's really easy to get stuck on, oh, I need this and I need that and this is blah, blah. And he goes, no, if my people are doing good, I'm gonna be doing good. And so he has this heart that goes out beyond just his own selfish desires. And he says, I know the promises. I'm gonna live by the promises. But my hope is for all the people that I love because I'm included in that. And if, if our faith goals could kick over to that, Lives would be changed. Can you imagine it? what would what would what would our lives be like if everyone we knew loved loved all of us and we were we were all praying for each other all the time? Can you imagine that? I don't really want. I think I'd be really sad and almost like on the depressive side if we took a, a genuine poll to see who is praying for how many people outside of themselves. I feel like that number would be so low. <clears throat> we need to lift up others, just as Simon did. God saw something very special and unique in Simon because he loved and prayed and interceded for everyone all the time. There, there was this amazing thing happening in his life. That's the faith goals here. And then number two, God provides hope. This is is kind of the weird part of this scripture, and I kind of touched on this, where, where God sends Jesus, and Simon shows up and sees a glimpse of the answer to his prayer, but it's kind of weird because everyone's been praying for God to show up, and in that time frame, when you say, God, I want you to show up, you have one thing in mind. God the warrior the destroyer the one who's going to show up and kill all the armies the one who's going to send angels with guns blazing from heaven to take care of the enemy that's God up to this point point. and so when they say God we want you to show up it's saying I want a warrior I want some destruction and I want you to be here and he shows up and he goes where's his sword Where's his helmet? And, and Simon's the only one that God's revealing in this moment outside the family that this is God incarnate Jesus because everyone else would be devastated because their hope didn't come answered how they were expecting it. Can you, can you imagine that? Like, oh, I, God, I want you to show up and do this and this and this. And you have this whole bucket list and laundry list and shopping list to God and he shows up with nothing what you expect it's discouraging. So A, expect Jesus. One of the first things we should do rather than expect situations to be answered, we should expect Jesus. Because if we expect Jesus, he's going to deal with the situations only he can deal with. Don't hope for a situation, hope for a God. And I just, I love that picture. Jesus is so opposite anything that anyone was praying for and wishing for and hoping for in that moment. A child sitting there kind of terrified in the temple. And I, I think that that really goes to show sometimes we can be praying for something God provides a glimpse at the answer and we're discouraged because we can't comprehend the answer he's provided. We need to see Jesus in the situations. B, the next thing Simon did was he saw Jesus and he expected God, but the thing that he did next was so interesting. He scooped up Jesus to hold him, right? It, it's not, That's kind of weird to picture, right? It's like, God, I love you so much. Let me just hold you. You know, it's like, let me, let me just pick up God and just kind of, you know, I don't know. That's kind of weird for me to just wrap my mind around because I picture Jesus on the cross and, you know, he died and rose again for me and I'm kneeling before him. But Simon just runs up and grabs him. It <laughs> starts holding Jesus, right? It just blows my mind. But B, hold on to Jesus. It's really easy when we're going through tough situations to hold on to those tough situations over holding on to Jesus. In our lives, I want to challenge you. One thing that Simon did was he grabbed Jesus and held on to him. It says cradled, it's, it's descriptive. It means both hands are holding Jesus, meaning he could do nothing else but hold Jesus. Have you ever tried to do a bunch of things in your home while you're holding a baby? it's difficult, okay? You can do the football carry and still get stuff done, but it's not gonna be as good, right? That's the, that's the picture, is you're holding Jesus with both arms no matter what in your life. Whatever happens, whatever goes on, it's holding on to Jesus. And then see, praise Jesus. Let's go back to that scripture one more time. And he came in, the spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law then he took him into his arms and blessed God it's another way of saying he praised him I think one of the most powerful things we can ever do in our lives being believers and knowing God is we can praise God for what he's doing and who he is You know, I don't need to wait to see my situation turn around before I praise God saying, oh God, finally it's over, now I'm going to worship you. It's actually contrary to what happens a lot of times in the word of God. They praise God before anything even happens. It's like, God, I worship you, thank you so much. Nothing's happened. We need to praise God even when it doesn't look good. Simon's praising, blessing God and nothing has happened other than him holding Jesus. The whole situation's the same. There's still discrimination. There's still cultural divide. It's, it's awful in the city. And he praises God because he sees a baby. It's the season of Advent. And the number three is divine intervention. This is this is the, the, the biggest takeaway I feel today that I really want to convey to our, our church that God is putting on my heart. It's, it's one thing to, to have faith goals and to really build your faith up. It's another thing to, to have hope in, in God. But then there's this other second gear of life, being a believer, if you will. It's, it's this moment where you trust that the Holy Spirit is guiding you. It's what carries you from Wandering around, hoping, into having promises fulfilled. I think it's, this whole Holy Spirit concept, um, it really got a bad rap decades ago when people were acting kind of weird and doing a lot of things, but in my own personal life, I would not be able to be the husband that I am today without the power of the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't be able to be the dad without this Holy Spirit. I, wouldn't, I would not be able to be your pastor without the power of the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't. And I think it's one of the most missed opportunities on the planet is just praying for God to fill you up with the Holy Spirit to say, God, I want your spirit inside me just like you directed Simon to walk to this church at this time. It's this kind of GPS compass that sits in our heart. It's, it's more than just a conscious of, oh, this is bad, this is good. It's It's a full-on spiritual direction that we can get. Number three, it it really, in A, going back to Scripture, it says the Holy Spirit was upon him, meaning he was filled with the Holy Spirit, meaning he had something more than just faith and hope. He had this Spirit of the living God resting within him, directing him. And I think one of the most missed opportunities, like I, I said, is, Failure to ask for the spirit of the living God to live within us. Say, God, I want you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. B, the Holy Spirit revealed to him. It's one of those moments where, I don't know if you you have the Holy Spirit, if you you ever prayed for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but there's these moments in life where you're sitting there and all of a sudden you'll be talking to someone and a word will just pop in your mind or an image and you'll say it to that person and just say, hey, I feel like God just told me to tell you this. And they're like, how did you know? <laughs> that's what I needed right now. The Holy Spirit comes in to encourage and build up and lift up people. It's not this creepy, scary thing that sometimes people make out to be. It's, that's weird. I, I, I heard someone say once, the Holy Spirit isn't creepy. There's just creepy people, <laughs> and I, like I absolutely love that. And see, <laughs> see, the Holy Spirit directed him. Directed him. There's been moments in my life I'll be going into a meeting or a conversation, workplace, home, wherever, and I'll be walking in, ready to say what is on my mind. I'm like, you know what I'm going to say? And you're like rehearsing the whole conversation over and over, and you're like, I'm going to say this and this, and they're wrong. And I'll be walking in, and all of a sudden I'll just feel the Holy Spirit say, you should just not talk. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's wait for a minute. And I'll just sit down and not talk, and then the conversation went going, and then all of a sudden I'll just, something just pop in my mind, and I'll say it, and then the, the conversation completely derails into this faith-filled moment. And it's, it's these moments when the Holy Spirit directs us, these moments when, when I don't know if you've ever, it's, it's more practical things too. Like we're driving on the freeway and then Patty's driving, she'll just shift over one lane and it's crazy. There'll be an accident right there. We are like two weeks ago. Crazy moments. And it's these, these things that God places in our life to connect our situations and bring hope. It's this, this like middle step, if you will, and a lot of people miss out on that. A lot of people are going through the steps and endlessly waiting on hope, but they mistake hope moments because they don't have the Holy Spirit to reveal, this is a hope moment, wake up now. You know, this was like, the, have you ever been in college or, or elementary, I don't know if they still do this, but I remember a teacher would be talking, and you're just kind of like zoning out. And then they're like, this is important, meaning it'll be on the test. And you're like, <laughs> you say it one more time. That, that's like those Holy Spirit moments. Like, Joe, have you ever said that to your, to your students? <laughs> those are those moments. So what, what I want to do today is I'd be remiss if, if we didn't start the Advent sermon series of season of hope, of season of longing for Jesus, if we didn't worship God and just pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And, and what that means is I, I just want to explain this. We're going to worship God, and just right where we're at, we're all going to stand up in a moment and just close our eyes and worship. Um, if you want to be infilled with the Holy Spirit, meaning you're asking God to, to come inside of you to give you direction and understanding, just pray it in your mind. Say, God, I pray that you would just fill me with the Holy Spirit. That's it. There's, there's nothing else. That's, 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 that is, that's, the, that's the class. That's the course, if you will. Um, One thing that I love to do is I'm going to ask Patty, Joe, and myself, um, just as your eyes are closed and we're worshiping, if you don't want to, that's that's fine. That's okay. Um, We're going to walk around and we're just going to place our hands on on your shoulders and we'll just walk through the room and just be praying silently. Um, And so let's all stand up and let's worship God together. Lord, you are amazing, you are mighty. And I love seeing this encounter with your son, Jesus. The fact that, that you sent your son in the form of hope. Contrary to what everyone's understanding and expectation of what God would do on the earth, Lord, you showed up in this infant baby. And because Simon was filled with your spirit, Saw Jesus for who he really was. And his hope was renewed in this situation. Lord, I pray for all of us here. We all have some expectation and some longing for some hope of something, God. But I pray that you would start revealing and giving glimpses of how to move forward in our life, how to take steps to to dig deep in our faith, how to understand who you are even more. That we live out this faith journey at a deeper level. Holy Spirit, you're you're welcome here. I pray for, for anyone that is interested in being filled with the Holy Spirit today. That they would be. You were invited you are here. I pray that we would, we would receive you. And we start getting these moments of the week where we get these GPS moments of, oh, I, I need to do this right now. I feel like I'm hearing God. I, I feel like this is what I need to do. This is, this is where I need to step. This is where it's being revealed to me. Oh, this is, God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would start being an instrument in our lives that we could start hearing you at a deeper level. name. Amen. Thank you so much for checking out the Lighthouse 805 podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our church or our ministry or even find out some next steps, check out lighthouse805.com. God bless.